Not bad at predictions. Better than you. What would your ideal front three be next season? Cryet, Solomon, and I would have Beto. Uh, I'm going to go Torino 4, Roman 0. We'll beat Atalanta 3 0. Oh, wow. I don't know why. Blackpool. You are fun. Mike, you can't. That is correct. Episode 49. This is the last one of season two of officially the best English language podcast on Torino FC. Um, that is not for debate, my friends. Um, also not for debate is Rob is in New York this week. So apologies if the line is a bit crackly, but he's with Carol Urbano and Alessandro. Mr. Bongiorno, who recently um, was crowned Talking Toro Player of the Year. What what a time for him to be alive. He's also become the 72nd Torino player to be called up for Italy or to play for Italy. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bongiorno, Linetti and, and Cairo randomly are all in New York together. Rob's not really in New York, but he'd love to be there. Hey, hey Rob, it's been a few weeks. How are you doing? You are right? Yeah, not too bad. I wish I, wish I was in um, New York, but yeah, I mean, the... Um... What's known as the New York of Staffordshire, which is, is Tamworth, potentially from people who've never been to New York or Tamworth. I thought Tamworth was the Pittsburgh of, of Staffordshire, but oh, I, I feel yeah. like it's, I'm not sure what it is, what it's, um, would be described as. It's famous for the uh, little bit of facts for you, uh, the, where the Reliant Robin, so the Carrying Only Fours and Horses, was built. There you go. Not just Torrey knowledge yeah. that we drop on this podcast. There's a, there's a there's there's a lot of good knowledge in this podcast, but uh, Rob, so Torino, most of the Torino players, I think all of them now are on holiday. So um, well, apart from apart from poor Pietro Pellegri and Samuel Ricci, that's right. Well, Pietro Pellegri, to be fair to him, is doing something that he doesn't normally do, which is play ninety minutes of football. So um, he's having he's having a break from his from what he's usually doing. Um, any favorite? Clips you've seen from Dembisek's hair transplant in Turkey? Is that... I mean, that is probably my highlight of the season, to be honest. I think it's probably, I think we could have done a, a standalone part on um, Dembisek, not only um, going to get a, a hair transplant, which is something which I've considered, and maybe I'm looking with um, envious glazes at, at his trip to Turkey. That, but that, sh- that ship sailed for me. But... <laughs> it's, it's, it's never, it's never too late. Never too late, Peter. Never too late. But. Uh, the, I'm very intrigued this too because it's it's the the hair salon in in Turkey that sort of keeps um, putting it on their um, Instagram stories. So I'm like, is he paying? Is it free? Have they have they like earmarked him? That that must be very difficult call to get where you get a phone call or an Instagram message from a Turkish hair studio to say, do you want a hair transplant? Probably didn't think he had an issue. But yeah, I don't know about you. I'm getting a. So obviously the season's finished. As uh, it's going to be a very transfer heavy. Part in uh, the first part on on where we see Torino um, being active in the summer, and then we're doing a bit of a retrospective of, of retrospective eleven of failed targets in 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 part two. But um, yeah, what your what the kind of vibes you getting from from the club? It's kind of not a lot's happened, but there seems to be a degree of positive action. We'll describe it. Yeah, I think the main the main thing is that there was the meeting with. Uh, Juric and the club after sort of the end of the season and there was a little bit of suspicion that if those positive conversations didn't go too well then he may be maybe leaving it looks like he is sort of uh, energized and he's going to sort of stay for the, the last year his current last year of his contract um I think some of the transfers that or rumors that we players that we've been linked to are, are quite promising the areas that we we need to reinforce and it looks like they're players who are like that we know of and have got that experience. I think Juric has spoken quite publicly about sort of wanting players who are sort of at the peak of their careers or are experienced enough so they don't have to sort of, if you look at last season, sort of players like Ilkham were a bit of a, a gamble and, and didn't really pay off. So looking at players who can sort of go in, learn the system quite quickly and, and hopefully give us a, uh, we made a great start last season, but we then sort of tailed away. So whether it's something we can, if we make a good start and sort of prolong that, gives us a, a good foundation for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, the issue of the past few seasons has been it's just taken so long to get players through the door and Europe has not been able to incorporate them into his pre-season. It's been a ma- massive frustration. Um, the other frustration has been clear holes in the squad that we haven't filled. Um, so, yeah, here's hoping 
is hoping for a bit of improvement there this summer. I mean, just looking at the transfer rumours or kind of more than rumours in some cases, uh, if, you just, if we kind of drill down the positions, goalkeeper, I think whether we like it or not, I think we're kind of sorted there in that Vanya is going to be number one and we've got a new number two in, in Mihai Popov, a Romanian under-21 goalkeeper. Neither of us, uh, I speak for myself, I don't know a lot about him, but I'm not sure. Yeah. My only reservation with him is, I don't know how ready he would be um, to if if we did get an injury or anything to, to Vanya. And I think the other thing I'd say is, Having had a few weeks away from Torino, I'm also saw Vani didn't play particularly well for Serbia against Bulgaria recently, but I wouldn't be upset if we sign a new first choice goalkeeper, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. So we're probably wasting wasting our breath talking about it. I think there is in terms of Papa, I did notice that he is Remain is in the twenty one first choice goalkeeper, which I suppose is promising in the fact that at that level he is the sort of Undoubted, well, currently they're number one in in terms of the uh, under twenty one European Championships that's taking place at the moment. In terms of Vanya, I still I still got a feeling that it just requires one really competent season from Vanya as the sort of um, ball playing goalkeeper that he is, which is the sort of modern way. That it only takes one sort of decent season where we could trick somebody into paying stupid amounts of money um, for him you look at David Rea uh, at Brentford he's sort of an okay goalkeeper but his probably best attribute is that he can play out from the back he, he's got one year left on his contract and the, the fee that Brentford quoted Tottenham was £40 million pounds. like it, I'm not saying that obviously he's not as Banya's not as good as, as Rea but there isn't a massive that, um, sort of difference between the two of them and I do think if if Vanya can sort of it it's one of those things that I wouldn't you know remember when we sold Zappacosta to Chelsea, which just absolutely came out of nowhere. I could see a team sort of just panicking and going and looking for a stats based goalkeeper and looking for somebody who looks comfortable on their feet and thinking, Oh well, Milinkovic Savage kept this many clean sheets and he's got this save percentage and play out from the back and somebody potentially from the Premier League because that's maybe where teams aren't that that bright and, and not as careful with their money. Um, just making a, a ridiculous offer, and which which then at short notice we can then go and go and sign a more reliable first choice goalkeeper for for what we need. Yeah, I think the advantage he has is as long as he's a Serbia number one, it kind of raises his profile a bit. I do wonder if like a Man City, uh, it'd be a real kind of wild card Man City number two to Edison kind of thing is probably the sort of scenario you you could dream of for Vanya. But I think Vanya will be our number one next season. Um. There's a lot of activity around fullbacks. So um, your good friend Ola Reiner has officially said goodbye in a very kind of much more heartfelt message than um, than than somebody who left out of contract last summer did. I mean, um, Bellotti did. It's Bellotti that you're uh, alluding to there, Peter. And he did make a he did give a message. It was just three months after after he left and written by his wife. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we're not here. We're not here to talk about him. He's not on the list of transfer targets, thankfully. But uh, yeah, uh, I just just to oh sorry, just to just interrupt, just to interrupt slightly for a second. I did see an interview with Bongiorno to say that Bellotti did message uh, Bongiorno on the morning of uh, May the fourth to sort of sort of give him an almost good look message for him reading the names out Superga, which I thought was um, a nice touch. Very good. Um, anyway, on to fullbacks. Um, so we've lost Ina. We well lost being yeah. You, you choose if that's the the, the right word, but Ina Lazzaro um, won't be coming back. Brian Baez, I reckon, will probably be returning on loan to Catanzaro. Uh, it seems like we want to cash in on Singo before his his contract runs out next summer, which leaves Voivoda as possibly the only fullback who is going to stay. So yeah, there's a lot of activity there. I'll just kind of drill it down. The, the main name Rob seems to be Raul Bellanova, who Inter seemingly aren't going to exercise their option to buy him out from Cagliari, who just returned to Serie A. Cagliari quite keen to raise funds for their own transfer campaign. And then the other hot names, Marcus Acuna from Seville, 
very expensive, quite old. Um, every time I see him play, does stupid things. So I'm not really too keen on that one. To be fair, that does sound like he'll fit in quite well at Toro. He may well do. Um, Pasquale Mazzocchi, Salernitana, I was quite keen on last summer. Um, he's also been linked. I mean, there's a whole host of names. It started off with with Timothy Fosu, Mensa, Bayer Leverkusen as well. So, yeah, I, there are more names than that. But what, Bellanova seems the hot one. The thing that confuses me is Vanyati's gone out to the under-21 championships in Romania and the kind of vibe is we've agreed, fully agreed terms with Cagliari, waiting for the the player to decide and we've got to give him the championships to before he can make a decision. Yet Newcastle, Golian and Sandro Tonali is also at the championships and is perfectly capable of having a medical ASOP at Newcastle. So, yeah, I'm a little bit... Again, it seems to be Toro taking their time over things unnecessarily, but... Would you be, yeah, anyway, Bellanova seems like a perfectly reasonable signing and another Italian player, which I think is important in the squad, which has very few of them at the moment. Yeah, the fact that obviously he's a starter for the Italian under-21s alongside Pellegrini and Ritchie, so you've got sort of people already in the camp to to sort of say, if he asks questions about what the club's like, he's got those answers already. I think he was a player that we him out last season because he played quite well for Cagliari against Toro um, in the previous campaign. Uh, I think it was a good signing, and again, I think I raised this point when it was first rumoured of, of him signing. He he came on for Inter in the Champions League final. There can't be many players who Torino have signed who sort of have come straight from playing in a Champions League final, if any. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think he, he played particularly well when he came on. I don't think he's maybe one of those players who can make that impact from the bench, but maybe finds a little bit more consistency in sort of starting and, and sort of getting a foothold in the game. Again, it's a pretty difficult game to come on to, even for sort of the most experienced players as well. So, yeah, I think Bellanova would be a good start. And then, obviously, if if, if Singo was to leave, you, you're looking at at least one more uh, right wing back to, to come in. Yeah, I think there's, there's some interesting interesting names in there. that I think there'll probably be a few more that, that pop up as well. But I think Bellanova would be a good start. But like I said, I think we need at least two, three, four fullbacks to come in. And it's a very key position in the uh, formation Juric plays as well. And I think also since uh, since Ansaldi left, we've really lacked um, we've lacked quality out there. We've lacked uh, having a player who can cross and, and beat a man as well. Um, so hopefully we can resolve all of that. Bellanova, whenever I saw him, at, I saw him for a spell at Inter in the middle of the season. He was getting booed by the Inter fans as well. So I think that was a move he probably made too soon. It was a bit too much of a jump from from Cagliari to Inter, and Torino probably would have been an ideal uh, place for him to have gone last summer. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how all of that plays out. Central defense. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount to say because. Um, of the five central, well, we had six last season. It seems Andrew Gravion won't be staying because the player he was lined up to replace Coffee Gigi is probably staying. Um, so the way I see it, if we're playing the three centre-backs, we've got Gigi and Zima, who's fit again, on the right. Uh, Schurz as kind of the linchpin, or possibly Bongiorno in the middle, and then Rodriguez and Bongiorno as options on the left. And Essentially six centre-half coming in, um, maybe to offer some co- cover in the middle. But the only player I've seen linked strongly is Rodrigo Beccao from Udinese, who um, is a lot younger than I thought he was, actually. But whenever I've seen him, is yeah, he's quite very physical um, and quite likes a yellow card, the, the two things. But um, yeah, I, I looking at it, we probably need a bit of cover there. I don't know what you think, unless Scherz is sold, but I don't really, I'm not sure that's going to happen at this stage either. Yeah, I think there's a couple, a couple of things. Obviously, the GG renewal seems to have come out of, of nowhere. The only concern I've got with that is that it seems to just be another one year, a one year contract. So we're going to be almost in the same situation next season. That seems to me as well of being a fact that Juric also doesn't really see himself being at the club for much longer than a season, which isn't sort of ideal, but I suppose it's, it's potentially at least we've got a year to sort of to to continue thinking about successes for for both of those. Um, 
yeah, Bacal's not a player who massively sort of appeals to me. He's not somebody who's always stood out. I think the Shears one will be interesting because, yeah, I think the best thing for him and for the club is for him to have another season. But again, the teams like, if you look at obviously Newcastle that you mentioned earlier with Tenali, he's been a link to potentially going there as well. I mean, they if they make an offer that we, we literally can't refuse, then it's going to be very difficult to turn down. I think Tenali, again, a good player, but isn't isn't worth 70, 80 million, which is, is the fee that's being rumoured. Again, if they were to put a, an offer together of sort of 40, 50 million for shares, which is obviously what we got for Bremer, I think it would be very difficult for us to turn that down. And, and obviously the wages that they offer is going to be very difficult for shares to turn that down as well. So it's, I think that's one to, to look out for. The only other rumour that I've heard as well, that Rodriguez, who's out of contract next season, may be asking for, I think Torino were trying to get him at a, get him on a, a, a sort of lower wage packet than he was currently on. And, and Rodriguez is actually looking to increase his wages. So that might be one to look out for as to whether, if no agreement can be made, whether we do try and sell him before, before losing him on the free. Yeah, my suspicion is someone will probably come in, but it'll be it's not a priority and it might be a bit later in the summer, depending as, as you've underlined what happens with a few of the, cent- the central defenders we have. Um kind of we'll talk about central midfield and then I think all the other positions, kind of wide players and forwards we can probably attack as one block. Um midfielders, obviously, uh we're probably building next season around Illich and Ritchie. Um, Linetti probably um, a kind of yeah a bit of a Swiss Army knife style um, reserve option. Um, I guess my not, not concern. I think we need to have uh, maybe one or two players in there with different char- characteristics to Richie and Illich, um, and we're going to lose a Doppo who well, we've talked about before was a player who had those different characteristics. So. Again, I don't see a huge amount of midfielders at the moment being linked unless we include Dennis Pryor as a central midfielder. That probably does has, have legs as a deal with Leicester being relegated and, and him nearly being out of contract in 12 months. The other players linked... Uh, we seem to be linked with a lot of players from the Bundesliga across the board, actually. Um, I don't know a huge amount about them all. Another player is um, Dada, the captain of Espanyol, who I think were relegated. Um, but there's talk of him going to uh, one of the top teams in Spain. I saw anyway, so I can't really see that happening. Um, but again, do you have any any sensations? The other thing is to mention that Ben Kone got promoted with Frosinone on his loan last year and will be coming back. And whether and Il- Ilkan as well will be coming back. So whether Juric with a full summer can get what he wants from, from either of those two and possibly uh, Genetis as well. Yeah, no, none of those names really stand out for me. I think the Dada would probably be a bit more of a he's experienced. I think he's in his late twenties, but yeah, I think Barcelona has been has been linked to the potential destination for him, um, which probably shows that he, he's quite highly rated if if Xavi rates him. But yeah, there's no. I think I think you're right. We need a almost like an enforcer, a Pabega type player in that in that position, and that's that's not something who's been linked so far. So that might be something which could come out of nowhere. Um, towards the end of the window. All right, then looking at the forwards, I guess let's start with the centre forwards and then um, move out wide. So Sanabria, I guess, uh, um, unless we get a, an offer we can't turn down, we'll be there. I've, I've seen a lot of um, English sort of media linking Sanabria with sort of Wolves, Everton, um, maybe other teams in the Premier League, but I've not seen any links of those in, in Italy and Italian papers. I'm not sure if that's just English media putting two and two together and, and looking at strikers who may be available. But yeah, I think Sanabria would be one I wouldn't be wanting to sell. But I mean, he's sort of 27, 28. I think if we got, a, again, a silly offer, it would be something we'd need to consider. Yeah, and then the, the backup at the moment is, is Pellegrini. I've seen it said they're going to see how he performs in the under-21 Euros to see if he can prove his fitness. And miraculously, he played 90 minutes against France in the first game. So I don't know if it's good news or bad news if Pellegrini has a good tournament because I'd like to see us bring in another striker and not kind of pin our hopes on Pietro Pellegrini having had a, a few in injuries uh, three weeks in the summer. So the strikers, Dovbik has again been linked 
Uh, maybe he's a player we should talk about in part two, to be honest. And then Jean-Philippe Mateta of Crystal Palace, who seemingly now is closer to Genoa, but would be a different type of profile. And then there's a series of forwards from the Bundesliga. We were linked with Falkrig, the Werder Bremen striker from the World Cup for a while. That seems to have gone quiet and I imagine wages would, would be too high. And then looking just a Quickly at the wider positions, I think there's, well, um, the Trey Quartista role, the Moranjuk and Vlasic, I think the conversations are ongoing about bringing them back at a cheaper price than we initially agreed. But there have been uh, a few other players linked there, like Junior Macias. Um, and I also think uh, one another one of the under-21 players, Matteo Cancellari from uh, is either owned by Verona and was on loan at Lazio last season. So, yeah, what your? Uh, I think there will definitely be movement there um, as well. I'd really, I really would like to see us bring in, a, bring in a central forward. I think there is what I've heard. Vlasic is quite keen on coming back as well. So if we had Vlasic, Moranchuk, Radonjic, Karamo, uh, potentially Sek, Priot, Priot, I'd maybe see more playing playing a deeper lying role. I th- yeah, I think Moranchuk out of those is probably the one who's least likely to. I, th- I do think we probably will get deal back with deal for Vlasic. I don't think Atalanta are probably as desperate to sell Moranchuk, and we'll probably have other suitors elsewhere. Whereas I think Vlasic seems to be really attached to to coming back to Juric and coming back to Toro. Um, I think in terms of the strikers, I like the idea that we there is a sort of a, a main striker that we're looking at, which could or potentially sort of be a a rotation option with Sanabria, if you think of, of Dessers, who I think was very highly rated before he went to Cremonese. He is a sort of player I could see potentially joining. I think if you just look at the sort of targets as a whole, I think maybe Vagnati thinking that if they can get in some sort of more experienced players like Acuna and Mateta, that maybe Torino will have no worries for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, mate. I think it's time for Toropedia. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not, I think Let's, we might have to, I, think, I stood you to silence there, Peter. I think we might have to end the season now, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do a bit of Toropedia before we, we, we take a break. Um, and yeah, are you ready? I've, so, I mean, my form is pretty terrible, yeah, so. Well, you haven't been ready for any of them yet, so. No, not, I got, I got one. I got, I, I got one. I got you, Sabia. Okay, this time I'm going to give you the years and the clubs, but not the appearances and goals. Um, okay. Because I, I think you'll either get this e- easily, or you won't get it, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> they um, are the two options that can happen here, wasn't <laughs> I, I think this one's more interesting not to do the appearances and goals. So. Okay. All right, it's quite a long list. So 95-96, Vorwärts Steyr. 1996, uh, Salzburg. 1996 to 97, uh, Graza AK. 1997 to 2001, Arsenal. 2001 to 2002, alone at Fiorentina. 2002-2003, Espanyol. 2003-2004, Bologna. 2004-2004, Brescia. 2004-2005, alone at Siena. 2005-2006, back at Salzburg. 2006-2008, back at Siena on loan. 2008-2012, Juventus. 2012-2016, Augusta. Closing his career at Liverpool, 2016-2017. How are you feeling? Quite you smiling, so it's because I, drop... I know the answer, Peter. You know the answer. I finally got one. All right, well, we'll reveal the answer for people at home in part two. Um, I yeah, I don't think I'll read the clubs again because uh, <laughs> it's quite a long list. But you're obviously, yeah. you're you're obviously quite confident. Uh, yeah, but... I'm I'm quite confident. Okay, very good. Um. All right, well, part two um, awaits. We'll see you on the other side. I'll see you then. Ronaldinho takes, and David Seaman's call off his line, and Brazil take the lead. 
Welcome back to episode 49 of Talking Toro. And before we do the Toropedia reveal, that was a bit of audio about one of the many transfer targets uh, Torino have had over the years. And we're going to do our 11 shortly. Um, and at the beginning of this pod, we should have said there was a, we did play with a few outtakes from the pod this season. A few pretty wild and bad predictions. Um, Rob, uh, you got a bit of a chance to redeem yourself, at least for the final Toropedia of the season. So, do you have your answer? I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was struggling until uh, not struggling. So, obviously, the first three clubs were Austrian. So, I was thinking, oh, it's an Austrian player. And then, as soon as it, you said Arsenal, I was, I, I got it straight away. So, yeah, it's Alex Manninger. Very good. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't give the appearances because obviously it would have would have been a. Yeah, no goals anywhere. So I yeah. thought it might just give you an. The, uh, uh, in case clue. there was any like doubt about it, obviously his Siena, then Juventus spells um, sort of just reminded me. But yeah, I also totally forgot that he ended his career at Liverpool. Yeah, I don't think he played. Uh, Liverpool. I don't think he played in a lot of those places. <laughs> no, I think actually Juventus, he, uh, Juventus, he didn't play a huge amount, but I think Siena is pretty much the club where. How many appearances did he play to the Mefitore? Three, wow! Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember if he got injured or, um, quite, yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a forgettable season. But yeah, Alex Alex Manninger, uh, probably not too many players who played for Arsenal and Torino. So there you go, and Juventus. So yeah, um, very good. So Rob, um, yeah, we thought we'd close the season with a bit of fun, um. So it's our final fantasy eleven of the season. This is players who've been linked with Torino or yeah, I guess failed failed attempts by various Torino sporting directors, or in some cases I'd say flight to fantasy from certain Torino sporting directors. So uh just for full transparency, I have done my list uh without the aid of anyone. Rob, you, I think you want to thank a few people for doing your yeah. homework for you? I I'll I wouldn't say do my homework for me. I just as we've established from this podcast over this season, my memory's not as good as Peter's. So obviously, I I could think of some straight away, but they were just I did mine in a, a positions. Um, so like I, I did a four three three positions, and there were just a couple that I was missing. So I just wanted a, a couple of reminders. Yes, yeah, so it was thankfully um, Dan Calcio and David Gray on on Twitter provided for me. So yeah, that um, not all the not all the suggestions are in the are in my eleven because yeah, it was only a couple of positions that I needed to fill in but yeah did did need to look as well I, I I looked on <laughs> I even resorted to searching on Twitter for past tweets that I'd made where I'd put, and so I just used my put my username and then put rumor or transfer to try and find some players as well because yeah whilst I knew I know there's a lot of players and I'm sure some of the players that you're going to share with us from 1990s Serie B days uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit like, before my time but not some not, of the other no, players might might be um, might yeah jog a few memories for me. The great thing about this is a um, well the hard thing is it's actually quite a hard thing to research because it's not the sort of stuff that sticks online for too long. Uh, and b you can actually make up random stuff because at a certain point most players have probably been linked with Torino. It's, it's, it's just at some point. That- just ready to tell you Kylian Mbappe is in your team. Um, not quite, but but anyway, so you we've agreed it'll be four three three. Um so we'll kind of And that's ten. only because we seem to have been linked with every centre midfielder he's ever played professional football. Yeah, I, I think I'm quite heavy in the I've got I've got three and I probably could have had another three. Yeah, there's some very strong the central midfielder is probably the area where we've yeah, there's some very kind of almost legendary names not to have played for Torino though. They were so close and and so often linked with us. But uh, but I have to say, for me, the most challenging one was goalkeeper. I didn't have a huge amount, but I probably have one candidate who's a bit stronger than the other. But I'll let you let you kick off. Who's your go- who? So I started with Emiliano Viviano, just because his failed transfer led to the transfer of Joe Hart. So I think he deserves an honourable mention that it was Viviano that we were after. Um, it got turned down and then. We're able to sign a, a, a England international to be number one, which yeah, as we've discussed previously on the pod, was sort of one of the one of the last sort of real big signings that, that Torino have made, and and the big sort of welcome party that he received and signing England, the England number one for 
two English fan, English supporters of the club it was a pretty big deal. So yeah, Viviano is my yeah, number one. I think Viviano is the number one because he's one of the two I had. I actually think he's been linked on a more regular basis than that as well because he's always been a very kind of he's moved around a lot for a start and he's always been a kind of fairly middle of the road ta- uh, keeper. Um, so I've got Viviano. The other one I had was Montipo. I think we've been linked with a few times, but not quite as strongly. So, all right, let's let's have Viviano in goal. Um, so it's four at the back. Um, I'll start with a few centre-back choices and you can tell me how many you have. Um, so one is Domagoj Vida, Croatia, who I feel we were linked with multiple transfer winners. I'm never actually sure how close we are. This was a lot of Tuto sport. Um, but he, yeah, he was continually linked with Torino. The other one um, very close to us, Matteo Silvestri of Sampdoria. There's a few, definitely a few transfer windows where he was very close. Um, then there was Verissimo, I think Brazilian, around the time we signed Bremer. Uh, um, he was the one we were very close to, and then all of a sudden, I probably couldn't afford afford to buy him, and in came Bremer. And then the other centre backs I've got are um, Tornelli, the player, player who played a long time for Empoli and Sampdoria. Uh, Gatti obviously is worth a mention because we'd almost signed him uh, last January, very close. And then the other one is a person we've talked about a few times on the pod, a bit of a kind of yeah lower Serie A. Upper Serie B defender, Golden Eager. So they were kind of my my centre back. So, so I've got one of those. So I also went to Verissimo, which was another one which Dan um, highlighted on Twitter as well. I think he was that literally went the whole summer. I think it was. I think it was in Twitter Sport every day that we were going to sign Verissimo, and then we ended up signing a different Brazilian in Bremer, which ended up pretty well, I think. So yeah, maybe that happened for the best. My other centre back, I've gone for. Uh, a player who I seem to believe was even in Turin at a cafe and was interviewed on Sky Sports News about this transfer, which then never went happened. It's uh, Jozo Simunovic from Celtic. So he uh, was yeah. uh, he was at Celtic, and I believe I remember watching Sky Sports News and them having it on the sort of yellow bar, and it, they I don't know how they managed to get a um. Sort of interviewer there, but yeah, they were interviewing him in the cafe about his move to uh, move to Torino, which obviously never happened. And he had to sort of Peter Adam Wingy esque go back to Celtic after after saying that he, he'd wanted to leave. So yeah, my my ten centre backs were Verissimo and Simunovic. Um but I think I'm tempted to, uh, even though we don't like him, I think Gatti needs to be needs to be in the team. Yeah. Um... I think there is a, that kind of Juventus gazumping Torino has a little bit probably been a theme historically in our in or Juventus also. You think of Dennis Law, Lentini, Maroni, Rule at some point linked to Juventus. I'm not comparing Gatti to any of them, obviously, but that kind of Juventus always being in the shadows. Balzaretti, Ogbonna, uh, the uh, the various players we've and and the strangest thing was that was that there was the the idea that they signed him so that they had a stronger negotiating uh, position for Bremer in the summer, but then they, they just signed Bremer anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I think it worked out well for, for Torino, to be honest. I think Scherz is a better player than Gatti from what I've seen. Uh, before we, I, I do like the Sim, Simonovic thing. I'd forgotten about him. He was he was very close. What? Where did he ever go after June? I think his or... career basically just... Fell apart. And he might have got an injury, and then, and then, yeah, he might, maybe. I think he's a Bosnian in session now, but I think he might be playing in Croatia. Okay, so, um, but the reason I put it on ice because my fullback choices aren't that strong, so it might be one of the centre halves could move across the fullback. So fullback, I think I only have two. So one is uh, Di Marco, who uh, we were linked with before Juric came in, and then when Juric came in, we pushed quite hard that summer. Um, but yeah, yeah, that didn't end up happening. And then the other one is one Vagnati really likes. Like potentially could still come this summer is Lazzari from Lazio, who I think has Spal connections. So they they're the two fullbacks I had. I also struggled slightly at fullback. So one of my picks is um maybe a, a cheeky one, 
um, because I think he played anywhere on the right wing. Uh, but it was Edgar Alvarez, uh, Honduran, Bari, Ventura. Obviously, he was going to get linked to Torino. Um, I think that one was very close a number of times uh, in the Ventura's reign. Uh, so he'd be my right back. And then left back, again, another another shout-out from Dan, which was Andrea Desena. Uh, I think failed a medical to sign for the club in 2012. Um, I, th- I think... DeMarco may be a better um, a better shout though because yeah DeMarco's definitely had a couple of seasons where we've definitely been interested pre-Urich and obviously post-Urich and now he's he's being linked to, to half the top clubs in Europe so I think that might be the end of uh, DeMarco and he also just had a habit of scoring absolute wonder strokes against Torino that's yeah that was his USP for a while was his goals against Torino so all right let's break the stone Verissimo's in because we both chose him I I like the saying because I remember that one now and I like the fact we've gone back historically a little bit and it's nice to get someone else's input. So I, I'm happy for, for Desainer to be in there, maybe left back. I really don't want to put Gatti in because I really don't like him, but this is not necessarily a likeable team. I think it's having that balance of of reasons transfer failed. So I think, yeah, the, the Juventus thing can be covered. I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be covered anywhere else anyway. Um, so we're looking for another centre back. You were, uh, I was, well, we could either have a push one of the centre backs out to full back, unless we want Di Marco or Lazzari. I do like uh, Domogoy Vida. I also like uh, Siminovic as well, because I think that's a, a story I'd forgotten about. So it's Gatti and Verissimo in the middle. It's the same at left back. And I'll let you choose then who to put it right back. I mean, Thankfully, his team isn't going to have to play anybody because I wouldn't fancy their chances with Simunovic or uh, Vida. Um, well, L- Lazzari may be the most natural. Yeah, maybe maybe Lazzari is a, a natural um, a natural right back makes the most sense. Okay, very good. Sorry, uh, Domagoy, once again, you failed to make <laughs> you failed to make your transfer to Torino. All right, midfielders. I will be shocked if we don't have the same three. I think you will have the same three that I've got. All right, I well, I've got back. Um, <laughs> I've got quite a few and then uh, the fact that we've gone for 4-3-3 I might have to move a few of them to forward areas to be honest but alright so the shoe-ins for me um, the captain of this team would have to be uh, Sergio Almiron um, who Ventura kept wanting to buy um, summer after summer until he got to the point where he was literally too old to buy but I I, I I can never really remember why we never managed to sign him. Or if the, the other thing is, we always seem to lose a lot of players to Fiorentina. I always get the impression Fiorentina copy our transfer strategy and just always have a little bit more money. And didn't Almiron? Did he play for Fiorentina? He definitely played for Juventus. I can't remember. Yeah, he had a loan at Fiorentina. Yeah, I I think it's like the Amrabat thing as well, who uh, is not on my list actually. But oh. I, I, uh, yeah, Amrabat doesn't quite make it uh, because I think there's more compelling ones for me. But yeah, he was at he was at Bari when actually he went he went on to play for Catania, didn't he? And then I think every summer we tried to get him from Catania. For me, Almiron has to be a shoe in. Then my next, I've got some other cast iron ones. Um, these players, I I'm not even sure they're two individual players, but Duncan and Donser. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> they always used to play for Cagliari, Bologna, Fiorentina. Um, I realise they're two different players, but it's like every summer we're either linked with Duncan or Doncer, and it doesn't really matter uh, which one, and they come as a package. Doncer um, was very, Duncan was very, very close at one stage. Yeah, Dun- Dun- Duncan's the one we're link- always linked to when we don't get our first three choices and it's always like oh uh, you know Torino looking at Duncan but so Duncan and Donson are the other really strong ones and then obviously Lucas Torreira I think that we spent the whole win- window trying to buy a player we couldn't afford wasn't that interested and uh, we could never meet the salary expectations all because he Marco Giampaolo had coached him Um and it's probably a good job we didn't sign him because then we sat uh, Giampaolo in December. And to be honest, Torreira's career is not... It's been a career of making very bad decisions. But for me, Torreira was a little bit more... It it, it was that kind of transfer of Torino kind of... Uh, yeah, kind of 
being a bit over ambitious and very unrealistic. I think it might have been Vanyati's. Was it a Vanyati? I think it might. Was it a Vanyati summer or was it that period where we didn't really have a sporting director? But either way, it was it was a bit messy. And I think for me, that's a bit more compelling than than the Amrabat thing, which yeah, kind of went on to the last minute of the the kind of transfer deadline that season. Just looking up at our, our friend Alfred Duncan, he's thirty. Yeah, but I think Doncic uh, is only twenty-five or something. And I, I think, think yeah. but I think Duncan's probably been linked with Torino since he was about twenty-one. Yeah, um, yeah, Doncic is currently playing in Turkey. He's twenty-seven. I've got a feeling yeah. he may have scored against Torino as well. Um, which it, again does seem to be a bit of our transfer policy that if a player scores against us, as as we may see with Raul Balanova, that if if you <laughs> If you score against us, we, we're going to try and sign you so you don't do it again. Um, I've got a few other names, but I, I, those are my kind of top names. And then I've got I've got a few other ones, which, some of which may be more relevant to the forward areas. But yeah, who are your kind of... So yeah, my, my definites were Almoron and Torreira. They they were they were definitely in the team. I did have Amrabat just because, again, I think... But I think you make a good point. He was linked maybe for a little bit for obvious reasons with Urich, but no, I think the Donza and Duncan shouts are a good one. Um, I'd maybe say out of those two, we'd go for Duncan because I think that's probably a link that, that's happened a little bit more consistently. All right. Well, I've got some other names and there might be some of them we can push the debate to the forward area. Uh, I've got Giacomazzi, who was at Lecce for a long time, possibly a bit before your time, uh, but Giacomazzi and Shevent on the two Uruguayans that, Lecce, so they've got Shevanton in the forward area. We were, and they always came as a pair, and we were linked with them. Um, another one under Ventura was Lucas Castro, Kievo, who was a wide player, so I'm not quite sure yeah. where to fit him in. And I think we tried to side him, and then he scored against us. Did you? I don't know if you went to that. We lost one nil after a yeah. very good start to the season. Yeah, mistake, mistake by um, it was a mistake by Glick, and he. Yeah, I think Castro was a centre back, a centre midfielder who then like they played what wide on the right okay. um, or whether he whether he sort of interchanged between the two so yeah might be might be able to fit into the uh, team somehow okay yeah so Ca- Castro is definitely strongly linked um, back in the Serie B days again this might be one uh, not one for you but Omar Milanetta who was like this schemer at Modena and Brescia and the Modena link was like the one player Gianni did be as he didn't bring from from Modena uh, Nandez from Cagliari I've oh. uh, been linked with quite a bit, but again, it might be a forward or wide area. And then the other one, I can't believe maybe he's in your forward area, but this this one, Gaston Ramirez, <laughs> linked multiple times, and to the point where I can't, was it a few seasons ago? Was it a January where um, we literally had the deal done, and then he wanted an extra. He was he got very greedy, and his basically his career has gone absolutely nowhere since. Uh, Replacing with Virtus and Telena. And Gaston Ramirez being an ex-Southampton player, I thought would be very high on your radar. Yeah, he went to... I mean, yeah, I think he was out of... Con- he was, his contract was ending at Sampdoria, I think, so we tried to jump in for the last six months. This was this was under Giampaolo, wasn't it? Yeah, and then he went to... It looks like he went to... Yeah, he's played... According to Wikipedia, he's barely played 10 games since then, so... Um, no, I think he, yeah, I think a few more in Vertus and Teller, but yeah, he, he, he does he does start for Vertus and Teller because yeah. uh, it does it does make me chuckle when I see him. He's not played a Serie A game basically since then. I think so. he just doesn't want to move from um, Genoa. So uh, basically, if you can if you can drive to the training ground within about twenty minutes, he wasn't interested in joining. Yeah. I I like I said I never liked Gaston Ramirez as a player. I just yeah, it, it was that is that whole host of and I know. It's not a Southampton pod, but Southampton a tendency to buy very irritating players from from Italy, like uh, Manolo Gabbiadini. I've always had an irrational dislike to Daniel Osvaldo. Um, Daniel Osvaldo, Grazi- Graziano Pelle a little bit less, but but yeah, that a certain tier of uh, Serie A player Southampton well, specialise in. But Gaston Ramirez, and uh, uh, yeah. I'm glad we never signed him, but if it's I any think... comfort, I don't think it will be signing any players from Serie A for a very long time. Well, um, but Gaston, yeah, it does. I mean, he tells a different story, a bit like um, Simonovic as well. It's like the move didn't work out and the career 
yeah, it was like almost became the worst thing for their career. Um, and then I've got a final one. So this is a bit of a throwback. So in 1987, we poached a certain Roberto Assis from Gremio's Youth Academy, 16 years of age. Um, I think it might have been potentially under the Moji Torino, but yeah, bringing this, this hottest talent out of Brazil, uh, brought him over for two weeks. Then Gremio came back with a counter offer and uh, yeah, kind of showered, showered his family with swimming pools, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the moral of the story being that Roberto Assis is the older brother of Ronaldinho. And there's always been this urban myth that had we signed Roberto Assis, who went on to have a pretty nomadic career across Europe, that the young Ronaldinho could have been in our youth academy. So just throwing Ronaldinho out there at you as well. Have I got this right as well? I think there's a there's a picture of Ronaldinho wearing a um, Torino shirt somewhere. Yeah, Ron, uh, Ronaldinho, I think, came across with the family. And then met, there is something with Ronaldinho. I don't know if he did a training session or... There's a, yeah, there's definitely... This might be a bit slightly urban myth, like the Maradona joining Sheffield United thing, but um, but yeah, he was. Uh, there, there was a scenario where Ronaldinho was a was a in the Torino Primavera. I, I do think this needs to. There needs to be one player in this team who is like an absolute mad link. Um, so I think Ronaldinho may be that. Maybe not in centre midfield. No, um, I think I think the Torreira Duncan Almiron axis should not be touched. No, uh, Gaston Ramirez. Uh, I, I could agree. be in the forward area, but let's yeah, see I agree. With I, I think Gaston needs to be on the wing um, somewhere. So yeah, we'll look in. We'll look at the. I, I've actually added a player. I've had a late, a last minute substitution based on our Gaston Ramirez conversation. Yeah. Um, so are we ready to go on to wide players? Um, so we're we doing one. One centre forward and then one yeah two and, wide then, and then two wide players. Okay, so we Gaston Ramirez is a candidate. Um, if you I want think to Lucas wide... Castro's got to be one as well. Yep. Um, so my wide players I did originally have, which again another tip from Dan was Riyad Mahrez. That again, yeah. I'm not sure. However, close that wasn't. That could have been one of those uh, Petraki sort of stories about oh, I could have signed uh, Riyad Mahrez and then and then never did. Um, so I'm going to replace him from my team with Philip Juricic, uh, another ex-Saint, another player who has been linked with Torino on a number of occasions. Um, yeah, just and never particularly been that successful in Italy either. He's had spells at Sampdoria and Sassuolo, and yeah, I don't really know what the attraction is to him. Um, but yeah, that that did remind me that Juricic has been linked quite a lot as well. And um, my other. Uh, Again, probably a versatile player, but I've put him on the wing is Roberto Pereira. Um, Who we've been linked in, with a few days ago. Added by him the way. because we, yeah, we are still being linked with. So he he gets he gets a link. He may not stay in the team for very long if we do make that signing. But yeah, Pereira's been linked for at least the last four seasons, I would say. Um, so yeah, they're my they're my wing options. All right, I've. Um... I need to tidy mine up a bit, but yeah, um, Mares is correct. I think that's complete BS from from Petraki, and there was a, there was a lot of them. He'll be telling us he was at Fleetwood Town watching Jamie Vardy at the same time. Um, in terms of wide players, I have well, maybe just look at the central striker first, where I had a few, and there's a reason I'm, I'm doing it in that order. So the central striker, I had a few. Uh, mentioned Chevonton before. I've also got Levaya, the Croatia, uh, two Croatians, Kramaric and Levaya. I think we've been linked with pretty repeatedly by probably lazy journalism. Then there was uh, Paloshi from Kievo uh, when he was at Milan as a young player. We were very keen on signing. And then a bit of that kind of Musa Barrow, um, I think, has continually been, had that Duncanitis of being continually linked with Torino as well. But I think I've got to credit David Gray, who I saw in your timeline, who came up with an absolutely storming centre-forward link. And it's one that I was aware of. So it's Steve Ball, the the England striker famously playing, I think, in the third tier at the 1990 World Cup. And I was aware of, I think I read a, there was an interview with Steve Ball recently I read, where basically he 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 was pretty much a one club man. I think he may have even had a spell at West Brom before he went to Wolves from memory. Um, I'd have to check that. But yeah, so Steve Ball basically didn't join Torino because he was worried the beer wasn't going to be very good. Um, And yeah, basically 
Uh, yeah, he did play for West Brom for Wolves and then effectively he played all his, his entire career for Wolves. Um, and that was, yeah, so when when David Platt, Paul Gascoigne, and Des Walker were going to Serie A, Torino, even though it was a very different Torino then, we're probably still looking at the budget end of that England squad. We eventually got Tony Dorigo um, six, seven years later. But Steve Ball is absolutely cracking shot. It, it takes us back to a different era. It takes us back to, I don't even think Torino would have known what they were buying. Um, and the reason I mentioned Steve Ball is I've got another Wolves link on the wide play. And I don't know if you remember this one. I think it's almost certainly in your Torino supporting time. And this was in the press a lot. So this player played for Wolves. From, uh, they weren't even in the Premier League at the time, I don't think. Or it might be when they were ba- bouncing, bouncing between the Championship and Premier League. But between 2007, 2012, a wide player. Any ideas? English wide player for Wolves? Matt Jarvis? No, uh, Michael Kitely. Do you remember oh, okay. him? Yeah, yeah. He, he was linked with. Uh, he was linked very heavily with Torino. It must have been. I guess it must have been when we came got promoted under Ventura. I remember reading quotes from him like, "Oh yeah, just you know, like a bit like Steve Ball as well. It's like Wolves are massive and wild Everly Wolves to go to Italy." Um, I think it's nice to get. I thought it'd be nice to get a kind of English link in there, but then obviously Steve Ball's come in. But yeah, Michael Michael Kitely was quite a funny one, and I remember that remember that very vividly. Um, well, it, probably another uh, player to add on to those who failed to get moved to Torino and then their their career just petered out. Michael Kitely's career ended uh, at a club not too far from either of us, uh, Rushall Olympic, uh, which is like a, just outside Walsall. There you go. Never heard of them, but um, yeah, it did. He he didn't do so well after after I don't know if he technically turned down Torino, but it, there was yeah, there was definitely a lot of talk in the papers. I guess a, a few of us from my side is Junior Messias, um, who are being linked tentatively again with this summer. I think that's like I don't know if it's just because he's he had that job in Turin. <laughs> oh, he's effectively from Turin, I guess. Um, but isn't he like thirty uh, two? Yeah, I don't think it would be a great signing. Uh, Loriente was a player we were heavily linked with last summer. Um, and they were my other wide players. But I think I think Steve Ball and Gaston Ramirez are probably in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give you a chance. You've probably got a few, potentially got a few more on your list. But... So I've, I've just got one sort of central striker left, which was Duvan Zapata. Um, yeah, it's a good call. I think he, he was somebody who I always wanted us to sign and, and never did. And then yeah, may may have been one that got away. One the one that we could have signed. I think, especially when he was at Napoli, he was he was linked quite a lot with like a loan option to buy, and Atalanta finally took the plunge. And he, well, I think maybe to, to get to Samp first, and then and then Atalanta, and yeah, it's gone on to be one of the one of the best strikers in the league. So yeah, I think Zapata is good, but yeah, I agree. I think Steve Ball for the English link, and also just the nominative determinism of having a, a ball at Torino. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, that. Oh, that would have sold itself, I think. So, yeah, a bit of a shame that that never Someone's, happened. Someone should have told Steve, yeah. <laughs> Steph, Stefano Toro, he would have been known and, for the... <laughs> and of all the concerns about Italy, the, the beer wouldn't be wouldn't be on my number number five list. Yeah, you might not be able to get your car link, Steve, but there's plenty bank, of other options out there. He's a Banks' bitter man, if ever there was one. So, um, Yeah, Steve Ball... I mean, there is an argument that Gaston Ramirez could play as the number 10 behind Ball and Zapata, but... I don't know, it's not about creating a, a functional team, but that midfield of Almiron, Duncan and Torreira is very stodgy. Yeah, um, and I, I like I the idea of having Lucas Castro, Steve Bull and Gaston Ramirez. I, 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 I'd forgotten about the Castro, that, that that link was sort of, again, it, it almost happened, I think, in the January, the summer, and then the following January, it was sort of three transfer windows that lasted. Okay, so the only other wild card I'll throw in is... Ronaldinho. Oh, that is as a very the, good point, actually. It's the, the urban myth yeah, of, I think, of, I think, of sliding I think, doors, whatever you want to call it. I think Lucas Castro can can be uh, can be cast away. And yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I like the idea of us having just one absolute ridiculous shout in there. And the okay. Ronaldinho one is a is a, a correct urban myth, I think. Yeah, there was there is there's a, a, a photo of him in a Torino shirt, so yeah, it was almost it was almost definite, definitely going to happen. Okay, 
I'll let you find the picture of Ronaldinho. You may lose your summer doing that. Or one of your one of the friends one of your researchers might do it for you. Exactly. I don't do anything <laughs> on this podcast anymore. And uh if you if you if you have time, it'll be probably fun to put a graphic up for the summer of this. So I'll I'll um I'll read the team out. So Emiliano Viviano in goal, uh Lazzari and Desena as wing backs, very similar and Gatti as centre backs, midfield of Almiron, Duncan and Torreira, Gaston Ramirez and Ronaldinho. <laughs> In support of Steve Ball. I mean, that'd be an interesting night out. Those three. Um, I think you're sensational. Bit, <laughs> the two of them would definitely uh, not always be early for training. Uh, I'm not referring to Steve Ball there, by the way. Um, where would that team, with them all at the peak, where would it finish in Serie? A? I mean, Ronaldinho at his peak could, could have won the league if he was interested. But yeah, um, I mean, the, 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 the yeah. Steve Ball would be an interesting one because yeah, a little bit before my era, but my the the I envisage him as being almost like a, a Gary Lineker esque sort of poacher, didn't really contribute to the play. But Ronaldinho, Ramirez, they're creative enough to, to give him the chances. I think, yeah, if Ball could adapt to the Italian lifestyle, get get some beer sent over from <laughs> uh, from Wolverhampton, then I think I think top half potentially. I, I think this would be a top, could be top four. The defence is worrying. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Desena had the odd good season. Lazzari is probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, Verissimo, we probably don't really know. No, I think, I think, I think Gatti is probably the, the one letting the side down, and maybe Viviano. But all right, interesting exercise. I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, names that come up and uh, yeah, regrets we may have. But there we go. The Toro transfer eleven, Rob. Um, yeah, so I think that closes season two. Um, Forty nine pods in. I think we're going to take a. Uh, we'll give you all a well deserved break from us as much as anything. But yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened and contributed, uh, especially Mesa, um, Dominic Bliss, and Herbie who came on the show. And we're going to try and get try and get some more guests lined up next season. Maybe even some ex players, Rob. Um, and if anyone's keen on, you know, on, on coming on and telling us a little bit about their association or affiliation or love for Torah, then 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 definitely reach out. We'll be we'll be um, more than happy to have different voices on. Uh, we'll aim to do a season preview in August and then and and then return fully infused for the charge for the what what we're going for Europa League places next season, Conference League, top four. We still, didn't, we still didn't get eighth, there, Peter. It's the race for eighth. Well, we realised that Juventus weren't getting kicked out of Europe, so yeah, we, uh, it, it would have been a more heartache had we beaten Inter. Uh, the end, still, so. Well, I, I see. I assume it still might be too late for that decision to be made. But yeah, that is that is quite. A, I think it would have been even worse um, looking back at this season had had sort of Bologna somehow snuck into Europe at our expense. Yeah, would it? I can't remember. I know we've been Fiorentina, yeah, it's Fiorentina. We've been Fiorentina. Apologies, Fiorentina fans. I kept thinking that you'd beat in West Ham. That's a that's a sore subject. Um, yeah, the other thing is just to hit subscribe um, and give us a rating, hopefully a good one. So, yeah, over the summer when when we're not doing so many episodes that um, the word of Apple and Spotify doesn't forget about us either. Um, Rob, any? I guess the other thing to say is one of the things lined up next season we'll be doing talking Toro on tour, a trip to Turin, possibly pre Christmas. Thinking a one nil home defeat in the fog to Sassuolo uh, at a really what? inconvenient kickoff time in well, sub zero temperatures. You've got quite a good record and I've got quite a bad record, so I feel like it's destined for a nil nil draw. Well, yeah, um, but we yeah we'll reveal a little bit more about that. Uh, well, we're relying on the fixture calendar coming out at some point I think it'll be out before August uh, well that, that could be touch and go but yeah no I think I, I it was it was released this time like sort of this time last year so yeah maybe maybe in the next week or so we might be able to have a little bit more of an idea of, of where we might be heading all right any any closing comments from you uh no just uh been a been a pleasure as always Peter enjoying your uh company on a sort of weekly bi-weekly basis to talk about Toro um when we started this podcast, you sort of described it as, as therapy, and I think it's probably been quite therapeutic for both of us. And, and hopefully, the listeners at home sort of being able to to 
listen to to three two two English guys talk about Torino. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, many many more uh, good memories to to follow in the in the future episodes. Yeah, and I'll just close by saying uh, we're both in very different. We've got into the habit of wearing random Torino tops when recording. So you're in, I think, 95, 96 Calme top with the balls. Um, yes, kind of running down the sleeves. Um, and I'm in the Chapaguenzi tribute green top, which is extremely tight. Um but I will close by saying if for all the effort we've put into this podcast, the absolute number one performing episode remains the one that we did on the kits, which uh, is quite interesting. Um, so. It's also mid-90s football shirts were not designed for the heat, and it is quite warm here. And it's, I, This shirt is horrible material. Um, what on earth Kale may be thinking about making a football shirt in this sort of material, I'm not quite sure. But, um... I think Torino probably played in the 97-98 playoff final in something similar. So yeah. Might 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 say it all. And that was in so, that was that's that's the real reason Rodrigo missed the penalty. It was it was the heat in the hot shirt. All right. Well I think it's safe to say that when we come back in August, Torino will have a new kit. We should know the fixture calendar and we may have one or two new signings. So until then, Rob, it's been a pleasure from my side as well. I'll see you on the other side. Forza Toro. Forza Toro.